Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. This morning I want to talk to you about the importance of fatherhood. It's one of the toughest jobs anybody can ever have. And we already talked about you moms a couple of weeks ago, so now it's you dads. And typically in most churches, what's going to happen today is they praise the moms on Mother's Day, and moms are wonderful, fantastic, and then they diss on the guys, right? They, well, you know, guys aren't this, they aren't that. And Have you been in church services like that where, you know, the guys are just treated a little bit differently? In fact, Hallmark, uh, Hallmark cards will tell you that Mother's Day is the number one bestseller throughout the whole year because people go out to honor their mothers but for their fathers it's a little bit different and and I understand that many of us may have not been brought up by a father or have uh, some strained relationships there I, I get that that's the world we live in and but here's what I want to talk to you about the importance of fatherhood today how you as men how you as family members should look at your father. Amen? Amen. So first I'm going to speak about the critical importance of fatherhood today. Then I'm going to recognize some dads here. At the end of the service, we've got a gift for all you fathers here. And uh, maybe you're not a biological father here today. Doesn't mean you're not a father in some way. You could be a father to some other little child. You could have an amazing impact on somebody. Did you know that? Even when you're, you know, if you're not a mother in the same sense, you can have a major impact on children around you. So don't feel that just because I don't have a child, I'm not a father or a mother. No, 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 no. You're sadly mistaken. God can still use you. Amen? So I want you to know that this morning. And uh, one of the things that that we know is that fatherhood, you're, it's a constantly evolving thing. For example, by a show of hands, how many fathers thought they kind of had a clue when you first became a parent? Raise your hand. You kind of thought you had a clue, right? And okay, now, how many fathers realize within a few years you had no clue? Raise your hand again. That's all of us. It really is. You have no clue. None of us do. And so what you learn, I've been a father now for 38 years, and I know that being a father today, for me, is much, much different than it was 30 years ago. Okay? Of course, I was a young, immature uh, adult at that time, and now I'm just an old, immature adult. But I, I look at fatherhood differently. It's very different, and I have a different appreciation for fatherhood. And so the older you get, the more you realize, okay, I, I could have done things differently, I should have done, but God's always evolving us in that, in that area, as a husband, as a, as a father. So I'm speaking to you men today, amen? So, won't you stand with me this morning? I want to read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4 this morning. I want to read it. I know that was our scripture verse, but I want to read what it says here this morning in chapter 6. And it's in your outline as well, so I make it really simple here for you to follow along. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 says the following. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life. Everybody say long life, long life. on the earth. 
Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray this morning, God, give us insight into your word. Help us to open our hearts, first of all, to receive your word so that, Lord, we might be able to understand it and apply it in our lives. Father, again, I pray your blessing upon every father here today and upon every listener. We pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them, God is good. God is good. You may be seated this morning. Amen. Notice how that scripture, and I've always loved the scripture, because here's, here's the thing. Um, we were all, fathers here today, mothers, we were all young people at one point. But the Bible, the scripture doesn't just say, honor your mother and father when you feel like it. It doesn't say, honor your mother and father when they're, just, when they're right, because maybe they're wrong. Sometimes parents make mistakes, right? Children, you're nudging your, 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 your parents right next to you right now. I see that. And, and by the way, uh, we're intentionally not having kids church today because I want them in here today to hear this sermon about fatherhood and about what uh, a godly father is and should be because I see the fathers out here and I know you're living this out. So um, again... Fathers, do not exasperate your children. So we shouldn't be poking at our kids to to rile them up as well and get them mad. Instead, the Bible says, bring them up and instruct them in the ways of the Lord. And every one of you here does that. Now, can we do it better? Yes, including me. All of us here can do that job better. Uh, one of the great examples is just our daily world, the news that comes on, the the unfortunate activities in Orlando, and let's continue to pray for those people and the, the tragedy that was, the victims' families. But using those life lessons as examples to your kids that yes, there is evil in this world. Yes, there is uh, there's things that go on in our world where where mass murders happen, where violence occurs. We need to take those times to use them as lessons with our kids to not live in fear, number one, because you can go away from that uh, scenario and say, well, man, I, 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 can't, I can't take my kids anywhere or I can't, I'm afraid to leave my house now. You can get to that point if you're not careful. But I know my, one of my mother's favorite verses is that uh, God did not give us a spirit of fear, right? But of power, sound mind. And so we can't live in fear. And those are great examples to give to your children at, at times like that as well. Amen? So here what I want to look at is that there is a difference between obeying and honoring. How many know that? Obeying is just doing what your dad told you to do, what your mom told you to do. If you grew up with an old school dad like me and my brothers and sisters did, we didn't question when my dad asked us to do something. We just did it. We said, well, why does he want us to do it? We could complain about it. We could grumble under our breath about it like I did many, many times. But I would never go up to him and say, why do I have to? Because I knew better than that. How many, how many know that? Did you have a father like that? You don't do that with an old school dad. And you shouldn't do that with your young school dad either. You shouldn't do that with your dad at all, period. Amen. Obey. Well, see, all the dads said amen. Amen. <laughs> Obey means to do as one is told. Now, honor is completely different. It means to love and respect. Love and respect. See, all of you should be able to honor 
the Bible talks about honoring those whom, whom uh, are due honor and so forth. And um, so we honor our parents. We honor our dads today. And that's saying, even though I may not agree with what he's saying, even though I may not agree with what's going on, I still choose to love and honor him. Amen? I don't hear you. Amen? Amen. 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 That's a hard one to do. I get it. It's a hard one to do sometimes. Because why? Because we're not perfect. None of us here are perfect. Look at your neighbor and tell him, God's working on me. Whether you're a dad or whether you're just a, a mom, a brother, a sister, whoever you are here today, God is still working on you. Amen? See, it takes a lot of patience to raise children in a loving Christ manner, in a loving Christ home. Amen. It takes a lot of patience, but this is what we as Christian fathers are called to do. Every Christian man here that is a is a parent here raising your home. You are the priest of your home. God has designed it that you lead your home. He didn't design the woman to lead the house. You're, that's your helpmate, but He specifically called you men out and said. That's your job. Amen? That's your job. God can't give that to anybody else. It doesn't function in a healthy way unless you have that properly working. Amen? So God knows what He's doing. And He called us men to do this job of of fathering our children. Now... Here's the, here's the problem with that because years ago, years ago, a father, a good father was this guy. He worked hard. He worked at least minimum 40 hours a week, 80 hours a week. He brought home the bacon. He provided for all the needs in the household. That was the equivalent of a good father, period. Nothing more was needed, just that. Times have changed since then. It's not just providing for your home that makes a good father. How many know that? And you women probably would say amen, right? Because you want a help made at home. You want someone to help you raise the kids. That's the father that we see in our day and age now. And so here, let me, let me just uh, tell you about how in the past 50 years, our society no longer celebrates good fathers. If you look at all the TV shows, they mock fathers. Or there's a, the absence of a father there. I mean, from cartoons like Homer Simpson, the goofy dad, to... Uh, Home Improvement shows Everybody live, Loves Raymond. These shows on TV, the dad is kind of mocked. He's just, he's just a funny figure, but nobody ever takes him seriously like we used to. The fathers, I think of my grandparents, you know, my, my mom's dad, my dad's dad. Those are men that when they spoke, everybody listened. And when they spoke, it was gold. You listened to every word they said because it was wisdom, it was valuable, and everybody had respect for that. Now, people just it's a very different culture how many agree with me on that and and that's unfortunate what happened to the TV dads like leave it to beaver I know I'm dating myself the Brady Bunch the Waltons Little House on the Prairie one of my favorite shows growing up Little House on the Prairie those were dads that you can look up to and say that's right Michael Landon, what you just said, that's right, in Little House on the Prairie. Those, are, those were dads to be modeled and, and, uh, and, and imitated, but we don't do that anymore. In fact, here's the question I want to ask or present to you this morning. Regarding fatherhood, our country is divided into two camps. It's this question right here. Was your father involved in a positive way in your life growing up? 
That's how we are divided. It's not, it's not racially. It's not what color you are. Uh, for today's sermon, we're divided in terms of was our father present or was he not? And for many of us here today, he could have been present. For others, maybe that father wasn't present. So I get that there's hurts in that process. But here's the great news. You don't have to be like that. Amen. You don't have to be like that father that wasn't there for you. You can change that and make an impact on your children's lives. How many are doing that today? How many are making a difference in their lives? Amen. Because you saw something being raised. You said, I am not going to do the same thing my parents did or my father did. I'm going to do it differently, right? And that's not a knock against your parents because they did the very best. They knew how. But what God has given you is wisdom and understanding to be able to do it better for your kids. Amen. Amen. So here's the reality, though, of that situation. Most of our kids in America will grow up in a home without a dad. Over 50% of our children will grow up in a home without a dad. So when I say to you, those that don't have kids, you can still be a father to those kids. You can still have an impact, influence upon those kids. We had the privilege of being foster parents for about eight years. What an opportunity to be an, uh, a major influence upon children. That was a blessing for us to be able to minister to dozens of kids that came into our home and to be able to be a father and a mother to these children. That's, a, that's something that uh, I didn't think I would ever do. I still get, we still get calls from some of these or visits um, that they come back to our house and appreciate what we did for them back then. So again, you can have a major impact upon these kids. So what happens if you don't have a father presence in your home? Well, we know what occurs. A father, a lack of a father in your home leads to teen suicide, to drug abuse, to incarceration, to illiteracy, to a bunch of other uh, issues in our, in our system, in our world today. All because of the lack or presence of a father. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to, I better not even go there. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for wisdom. You know, there's, there's a lot of situations where we men need to make better choices, make better decisions. And I want to just really hone in on making your presence felt at home. Yes, you should be a good provider. That goes without saying. God says, if you don't work, you don't eat, right? How many want their family to go starving? None of you do. So you go to work and you eat. That's number one. But number two, and, and I'm getting ahead of myself, you need to be a good father at home. You need to be actively involved. Uh, I know many of you here, uh, Anna pointed out a good thing this morning. She, we see people walking in with their kids, you know, Robert, uh, Damien. We see uh, Garland. We see people coming in here with their children, leading them by example. And that's just a few of you. Um, that's what we should be doing. Not just here on Sundays, but leading by example at home, uh, Monday through, through Sunday, uh, 24-7. Amen? How many know this morning that good dads are made, not born? Good dads are made. And, and it's a simple fact because if you grew up without a good dad, 
by all accounts, you should be a terrible dad as well. Because that's what you saw growing up. But because you chose to make yourself be a good dad, you were made a good dad through your hard work, through the Holy Spirit, more importantly, leading you and teaching you how to be a good dad. But my point is here that we're, we're made, we're not born a good dad. Amen? Now, again, a generation curse. Many of us have seen fathers or the absence of a father, and then we see it perpetuated. Then they have kids, and then they grow up without a father, and then they grow up, their kids grow up without a father. It's just generation after generation. It's like a curse. But here, I'm, I'm here to tell you, you don't have to allow that to continue to be a part of your life. God broke that curse a long time ago on Calvary by His precious blood and it's up to you and I to take on that mantle and assume the, the position of being a father to your children. If uh, you know, I remember my dad when I first told him I was going to be a dad and, and, and the very first words he told to me at, at a young age of 18 years of age I, actually I was, uh, it was even before I was 18 when I told him that I told you I was a young immature adult and uh, he, the very first words as he put his newspaper down was, ¿Te crees hombre? ¿Ya te crees hombre? And what that means is, oh, you think you're a man now? That was what I remember. You don't forget moments like that, okay? Just, just letting you know that right now. And that's the thing. If you're going to have children, you better expect to take on the responsibilities. That's what he was telling me. You better be able to uh, man up and take those responsibilities. If you're not able or willing to, then don't play that game. Stay away from that. Amen? Amen. So again, let's be a positive influence. Let's be actively involved with our kids. I want to share a, a really quick poem here that General Douglas MacArthur wrote about men. I want to share this with you. And it's a father's prayer. So just bear with me for a moment. It says, Build me a son, O Lord, who will be strong enough to know when he is weak and brave enough to face himself when he is afraid, one who will be proud and unbending in honest defeat and humble and gentle in victory. Build me a son whose wishbone will not be where his backbone should be, a son who will know thee and that to know himself is the foundation stone of knowledge. Lead him, I pray, not in the path of ease and comfort, but under the stress and spur of difficulties and challenge. Here let him learn to stand up in the storm. Here let him learn compassion for those who fail. Build me a son whose heart will be clean, whose goal will be high, a son who will master himself before he seeks to master other men, one who will learn to laugh, yet never forget how to weep, one who will reach into the future, yet never forget the past. And after all these things are his, add, I pray, enough of a sense of humor so that he may always be serious, yet never take himself too seriously. Give him humility so that he may always remember the simplicity of greatness, the open mind of true wisdom, and the meekness of true strength. Then I, his father, will dare to whisper, I have not lived in vain. Isn't that an awesome poem? 
And that's not just for sons, but for children, for all children, daughters, foster kids, you know, all of them. That is the true prayer of every, of every parent. But I just thought that was a great, great poem. Uh, first time I had ever read that in studying for this sermon. So here's another scripture I want to challenge you with that every dad here, every dad, every mom should be uh, serious about. And it's found in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6. I believe I have this on your outline. Um, in fact, it's even behind me. Look at that on the PowerPoint. It says the following, Train a child in the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not depart from it. Those are some powerful, powerful words. What it's really saying is, build a foundation for them. Build a foundation so when those storms come, they may sway, they may bounce around like this, but they'll eventually come back to their center. They'll eventually still remember the foundation that was provided for them. Amen? That's the Word of God. The foundation is always going to be the Word of God. It's not the Word of Rick. It's the Word of God that should always direct my children. Amen? Now, here's the great news. Good fatherhood is the cornerstone of every happy family. And happy families are the cornerstone of every great civilization. I mean, you look back throughout generation after generation, when you have found happy families, you find a happy nation. Amen? Fatherhood is the most important job you will have. Every man here say that with me. Fatherhood is the most important job you will ever have. Because I don't care if you're the President of the United States, a mechanical engineer, a criminal investigator, a fabricator and maintenance specialist at a winery, a BART employee, a warehouseman, a retired or pastor of a church... Your job as a father to your children is the most important job you will ever have. Why do I say that? Amen? Because your job that you have right now, it's going to come to an end. There's a point in your future, it ends. End. Finit. Fin. The end. And then retirement comes and another phase in your life comes. But here's one thing that never ever ends. Fatherhood. Fatherhood never ends ever, ever ends until you go home to be with the Lord. Amen? And that's a good thing. So why would I think that I just need to put in my, my time and then it's so... No, 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 no. Fatherhood is never over. Just ask my dad. He's, you know, he's 81 years old. Right? 81 years old and look at him. He don't look a day over 71. <laughs> he looks great. Yes. And, and here's the thing. He'll tell you fatherhood, being a father, being a grandparent... Is it's not old. It doesn't get old, and it doesn't end. There's challenges. There's still uh, great, great joys, mountaintop experiences. There's valley lows for every father, for every grandparent. Amen. Every one of us here today have experienced that. No one else in the world is called to be the father to your kids. No one else. No one else. You are uniquely, uniquely qualified, man, every one of you, to be a father to your children. No one else can do that job as God has called you to do that. If you procreated, God designed for you to be the man the ch- to, to your children, the father to your children. Amen? 
I didn't hear you. I need an amen on that one. Amen? You have been given and equipped with the emotional, spiritual, and physical qualifications to lead your children. It's the only job that you'll have that will never end. Every one of those jobs I mentioned have an end. This is one job that will never end. Value it. Trust it. Continue to ask God to lead you and guide you because here's what I have found out in those 38 years. What I knew yesterday isn't the truth today. Meaning, God is showing me how to be a better father today than I was before. He's showing me how to be a better grandfather today than I was before. And that's all because I have to listen to God. I have to say, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Okay, Lord. And and then in turn, I pass that on to my children. And... Um, I, I've had, and my, my, my brothers and sisters have had a great example in that, and that's my dad. And I do want to just spend a couple of moments talking about my dad right now, if you don't mind. Because I want to honor him today, because I truly believe this, that if you have parents still today, raise your hand if you still have your, your parents today that brought you into this world. Okay, um, let's let's go back to that scripture where you know it talks about Ephesians in, a, in chapter six, and the Bible says to obey and honor them, right? And uh, so that you'll have long life. Um, I obey my dad because I love him, but also because I want to have long life. I want to be around for a while, so I want to honor my parents. And uh, we have we have a, a great man here in front of us. In fact, Papa, why don't you come up here? I wanna I want you to have uh, give a big hand as he comes up here. Come on up here. All right. Now you see where I get my height from. Amen. And and uh, so I have my brother Ruben here today, my sister Yolanda. Raise your hand, Yolanda, for those that don't know you. And, and my nephew, uh, uh, Andrew. And then also Ruben's daughter, uh, Dominique, is back there, back here today. So, uh, and then little Ruben's here. So it's great to have our family here. Uh, the only one missing is my sister, Irene. Uh, but at any rate, we were raised by a great example. He, this is a man that would give you literally the shirt off his back, but don't take your shirt off right now. Keep it on. He would give his shirt off his back to anybody. Every one of us here today have been blessed and helped by my dad. Not only emotionally, physically, monetarily, this man has blessed us. His family, it's no question he's going to help his family. It's never a question. He, he gives. And my dad has always said, family comes first, and he'll always help his family. Now, is my dad perfect? No. He's just like his sons and his daughters. None of us are perfect. We live in an imperfect world as imperfect beings, but we do the best we know how. Amen? We do the best we know how. Now, he, he's a product of what he saw growing up. But I'll tell you this about my grandpa, what little I know about my grandpa. He passed away when I was nine years old. Um, and I remember that day um, because my grandpa was a very strict man, right? Grandpa Santiago? Sure, he was. He was a very strict man. And you didn't mess with him. You didn't cross him. He, he would, you just didn't cross that man. And he was a very strict man. And that's how my dad was raised. He was raised in a very old school way of, uh, it was never... 
Oh, I love you, Papa. It's so good to see you. That just didn't happen. And, and, and that's fine. That's the way he was raised. So what my dad decided to do when he was raising his kids is, I'm sure he looked back and he said, okay, you know, my dad was tough, but I'm going to be tough, but I'm not going to be that tough. And he's told us, he's told us he's not as tough as his dad was. And so he decided to do it a little bit differently. And he did it his way. And he's raised great kids now. He's raised two good sons, you know, uh, two good daughters, grandkids that love him, great-grandkids, all because of what you decided to do as a father. And uh, I'm thankful for that because uh, here's what's amazing to me about my father, 81 years old, he still climbs on roofs. He's still, he's still out there working hard. He's been blessed with physical strength, stamina, um, and more than anything, generosity. He has a generous, generous heart. How many would agree with me that, my brothers and sisters, you all agree with me on that? He has a very generous heart. Why? Because family always comes number one. And Papo, I just want to recognize you as being a great influence to me, to my brother, to my sisters, to all of us, my children, to my grandkids. And I'm just trying to be that example to my kids. So, thank you. Love you. step. No, he's been absolutely a great example as a father. You know, again, uh, when I'm 81, if the Lord allows me to get there, I want to be doing the same things he's doing. You know, just not climbing on top of a roof. Okay, I'll call my younger brother for that. But yeah, uh, I'm thankful, Papa, for, for the legacy you've left us and, and for your grandchildren as well, which you've left with your grandchildren and great-grandchildren. We're all thankful for that. Amen. So here's what I want to ask each of you fathers this morning. How can we become better fathers, better husbands, and better men? Let me ask you that. How can we become better fathers, better husbands, and better men today? First... First step is we need to recognize that fatherhood is a lifetime journey. See, my dad's still fathering. He's 81 years old. He's still fathering today. He's still fathering. He's a father not just to me and my brothers and sisters, to his grandkids, to his grandchildren. And um, we, we need to understand it's a lifelong process. It's never, ever over. Just because they left the house... You know, one day these beautiful little kids are going to grow up and leave the house. It's not over, Damien. It's not over, Lex. It's going to keep on going. It's going to keep on going with their kids. And then their kids' kids. And so on. Same with Robert and Nessie, your beautiful daughters. When they leave the house and go to college and, and into their adulthood, it's not over. It's just the beginning. <laughs> and uh, so what are the things that we need to do to become a successful father? First of all, we need a good map. With good directions. Let me introduce you to that map right here. Here it is right here. It's very simple. This map right here has all the answers to life. What does the B-I-B-L-E stand for? Basic instructions before leaving earth, right? Everybody knows that, right? But these are the instructions to fatherhood, to motherhood, to learning how to be just a good person. It's right here. And I would challenge you to get in the Word of God. We have back here on the table outlines to read the Word of God daily. If you read it daily, you'll go through the Bible in a whole year, the entire Bible in one year, if you just read those selected chapters per day. So we have that there for you. 
So we need the Word of God. Secondly, we need to pray with our children and grandchildren. Fathers today, let me encourage you, if you still have your young kids at home, gather around them at some point. Pray with them. Pray with them. When they're going through a difficulty, bring them around and say, Hey, have we? let's, let's, let's bring that to God right now. Let's have Him interject what He wants for you. Let's have Him give us wisdom on how to handle this situation. With your kids and with your grandchildren, we should be doing that. And then finally, as my dad pointed out, behind every, every successful man is a great woman. Amen. Fathers here that are here today, you could not be a good father without a, a great woman behind you. Just like Adam had his Eve, you have your woman, your, your um, helper, your helpmate, the Bible says, to help you be that parent to your children. Amen. She can be an amazing help with wisdom, love along that journey. And also to say, no, you shouldn't say that to your daughters because that's a little too rough. Right. Sometimes our woman's woman need to say that to us and just just hold us back and say, oh, yeah, you're right. I, I need to ease up. Right? How, it's not just me, right? You guys do the same thing with your wife. You know, sometimes they tell you, no, don't say that. Right? And, and sometimes we need to hear not only from the, the Holy Spirit, from, but from our wives. So in closing here, yes, the fatherhood journey is a journey of a lifetime. Don't forget that, man. It's a journey of a lifetime. It's a journey that's filled with many, many ups and many, many downs. But the most, it's the most important journey you as a parent will ever take, you as a father will ever take, the very most. We grow to be better fathers and better husbands, but we grow to be the men that God intended us to be. And that's when you're fulfilling the role as father to your children that only you can fulfill. You, again, are the only ones uniquely qualified to do this job. Life circumstances may change, but you're still called to be a father. I don't care where it takes you, where it takes you away from your kids. What may come between your kids or your grandkids, you're still uniquely qualified to be their grandfather, their father. Amen?